2: Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, coming at you on Friday, December 3rd, 2021. Today, we are talking about the newest Disney animated feature film, Encanto. Yep. Yeah. You like that? Uh, you like that accent? I loved it. I thought it was great. Encanto, Disney animated, starring, I'm going to be honest, a lot of people I haven't heard of, um, but good on them. Um... I don't know. I, I got nothing else to say about it, Ty. What do you? <laughs> I don't know. This is a bad intro. <laughs> There's, there really isn't any really big name actors. John Leguizamo. He's been in a lot of shit. Lin Manuel did the music. He did, and he helped with the story. He did, um, and that's very noticeable. Look, in is a big movie. If you don't know about it yet, where have you been? Correct. If in it's con- Disney, in Kanto, you need to in. I don't know. I was about Just to try to do a play on words. We're also going to talk about Hawkeye episode three. Yep. Um, That released Wednesday, so we've given you some time to watch it. Usually, we release on Wednesdays. Go check out our Wednesday pod. We actually did a hundredth Rotten Tomato or hundredth movie scale of *Law Abiding Citizen*. It was great. Patent Penny movie scale. So that was spoiler alert. Got a pretty good score. It did. So go check that out. You know, you've heard us talk about *Law Abiding Citizen* multiple times. And I'm just fumbling on my own words, Ty. So let's get into the pod. Let's do it. Sixty percent of the time, it works every time. Don Samos. What? We just become best friends. Yep.
1: So I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> the show goes on.
2: Hawkeye episode three released um, first one where first week where we've only got one episode. They dropped two to start. Of six, there's gonna be six. Um, significantly the best one out of the three, in my opinion. Okay, I mean that's fair to say. I, I can't say I've particularly loved any of them. Not saying I don't like them, but um, if this wasn't Marvel, I think I'd be struggling t- to continue to watch it. If I'm being honest. I mean, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. This one was fun though. I had a good time with it. Um, there were some good moments. Also noticed, and don't fact check me. I feel like this is the first one where they didn't change the Marvel logo. At the beginning, like the opening credits. I fast forward through that, so I don't know. So, like, Loki was green, and then WandaVision, they did, like, some some funky. It was, like, black and white. And then I feel like they did something for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Could be making that up. Mm-hmm. Anima- you know, uh, What If was animated, so it was different. This one, they're just playing the hits. Good old red and silver. Yeah. I mean, because it's the most vanilla of the TV series thus far. Um, <laughs> that was really mean. Look, I mean, so this episode, it's about uh, Echo. Yep who is a Maya that is her, her actual name, but echo the, the deaf girl, um, who is going to have her own series next year. Um, I believe it's next year that they announced recently at the Disney plus day, um, who is also connected to Kingpin. We could touch on that in a little bit. We don't have to jump straight to that, but this was a lot of her, you know, the episode started building her up as a kid and everything, all that, all the kind of stuff you get in a TV series that you wouldn't get in a movie. Um, you know, and you get some action scenes. She wants Ronan, who we obviously know is Hawkeye, but no one else knows as Hawkeye. Oh, the audience is so smart. Um, You know, and she's looking for Ronan. She thinks it's Kate Bishop. You know, it's not, but whatever. And, you know, they, they fight to get their way out. And that's pretty much the episode. I mean, they fight to get their way out. They get out of it. And then it's kind of a lot of filler. Like, not a lot of filler, but it's kind of filler. And then you get to the end where they break into their, her mom's house. And at the very end. Cliffhanger. Yeah, the, the boyfriend, fiance, uh, has a sword at Hawkeye's neck. Me, the Ronan sword. Don't move. Was that the Ronan sword? The oh, Ronin I didn't sword. even. I. That's why I have you as my podcast partner. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Um, didn't even realize that. <laughs> no, yeah, they get out and it's full action sequence, full Kate Bishop showing off that she's a good archer and working with Hawkeye. Um, and then obviously Hawkeye's been dealing with like hearing loss from mm. being the average Joe superhero. Um, <laughs> he gets his hearing aid broken, and then you get some emo- emotional moments because of that afterwards. Um, yeah. you get him not being able to talk to his son, mm-hmm. and he's like super upset about it, and you know you get that depth stuff you wouldn't get in a movie. Yeah. And then um, after that, you know, because of that, you get the moment of him saying, you know, like if Kate Bishop really wants to do this, like there are sacrifices and all that kind of stuff, and you know, playing off that emotional moments and all the things he's missing out on with his family because he's a good guy, mm-hmm. but he's not a role model, yeah. He straight up model. fucking murdered people, yeah, which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool. Um, yeah, and I just, I mean, my my number one takeaway from this, my number one, number one, number one, number one, number one takeaway, to top me. takeaway is not that there was a giant arrow. This cool. episode was just kind of like a 20 minute chase scene honestly like that's pretty much what it was. Did you catch the little one shot aspect of it? My number one takeaway was that that car scene at the beginning of the chase scene was pretty badass. <laughs> it's pretty fucking cool. And you just fucking spoiled it. Um no, it was cool like when that happened. I don't know, I'm a sucker for one shot. Every time a there's one-shot. a one shot, I talk about it and I'm sure people have done this before. I'm not going to say that these, you know, the MCU and Hawkeye, they 1917, created 1917 92.5 score. One um, shot. I'm not going to say they created this particular shot. I'm sure someone has done it before. I've never personally seen it, or at least seen it done this well, where it's literally a rotating camera in the car where you kind of like, it was a chase scene where the first five minutes of the chase, you're literally in the car, like in the back seat. And it's like, you know, spinning around. And then, you know, he spins and the camera spins with it. And just kind of like that cinematography of it. Um, was really good because you think about a, a, a superhero like Hawkeye and kind of the limitations, you know, with Loki and all the the cosmic stuff. They can do the beautiful purple shots and everything. And Marvel's always going to flex their creativity, like they're not yeah. going to just be vanilla, um, you know. when you think of like WandaVision, all the stuff they did there. Hawkeye, I can't in the or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I can't think of necessarily less one off the top of my head. Less of it for uh, sure. But I could. There could have been something there that I'm just not remembering. Um, and then Hawkeye, like you're limited in what you do. I mean, the guy just shoots arrows and you can only do so many like slow-mo shots of him sliding across the ground and shooting an arrow at we someone. Did, we did get a full Hawkeye shooting arrow scene. Though. How many of those in the MCU have we had? Like 10? Maybe yeah. not 10, but feels like 10. Um, and this was a really cool way to get creative with kind of like a more reality-based kind of action scene and a chase scene that it was cool. It was really cool. Yeah, you're rotating with them. So, you know, it rotates behind. You see the chase happening. It rotates in the front. You get the... The conversation going on between the two, and then they put it in reverse, and they're driving backwards, so the camera's like opposite rotating there. Yeah, and it just looked cool. It was a cool scene to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, it goes on for a few minutes, and then they go back to normal, you know, cuts and whatnot. But then we get a really big fucking arrow. Yeah. <laughs> and that was cool. It was a Pym Tech arrow. Um, mm-hmm. and I like it because you know, Civil War, he launches Ant Man on an arrow. Yeah. Um, and so kind of slight callback to that of like him and Ant-Man working together and him using their tech and I like mm-hmm. it. A little Marvel MCU connectivity. Yeah. And some more connectivity to other Marvel, um, you know, properties is obviously the very, uh, big connections to Kingpin, which based on how these series go tie, I don't want to hundred percent commit to Kingpin. I'm not saying I'm not like super excited, but like, I don't know with other series, they put us in one direction and then they just were like, nah, it's not this like, <laughs> Based on their track record with these series so far, I wouldn't be surprised if her uncle is the, like, one fucking, the fiancé. Like, just to be stupid and piss us off. (laughs) I mean, they showed him. (laughs) They showed his hand. They showed him it was a big guy in a suit with his hand, and it was a big guy's hand. Yeah. Now, the one question being, obviously, if you listen to our other episodes, there's Marvel leaks and stuff about Spider-Man. Plug your ears for 15 seconds. Daredevil is in those. Um, and it's the former actor, so it'll be interesting to see if uh, Vincent D'Onofrio returns. If they do ever show the face of Kingpin, um, and if they do bring back that actor for this role, uh, uh-huh. you got the crazy eyes. Hold on. Holding on. I, is this Kingpin related? Is this four, this other person related? We're going to get Kingpin in episode six. Okay, why? Because it's he's going to come from the Daredevil universe. And that's after Spider-Man releases. So they're going to show him in the final episode, which comes out after Spider-Man is released. Because if they showed him before Spider-Man is released, it's going to be like, oh, what's he doing here? Yeah. Two years after the events of Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Yep. Or a year or whatever. But at this point, mix and match and stuff's already happened. Yeah. I mean, that was technically mainline MCU stuff, so it'll be interesting to see if they work. I don't. I didn't watch the shows, so. It, so, like, the shows connected to the movies, the movies ignored the shows. <laughs> but, like, the shows reference the movies. Even, like, the even uh the Daredevil show? The Daredevil, know the Punisher, like... the oh, Iron really? Fist. I didn't know that. All see. of them made comments and referenced the Avengers, and none of them ever showed up. But there was always comments and references that of events that happened in the MCU. Yeah, see, I always thought... I know the, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did, but I, I always thought the other ones were just kind of like their own standalone Marvel projects that didn't connect. They didn't connect, but they were technically connected but not well not canon you know like not yeah but i don't know if they've since backtracked that for if it's canon or not i mean it's not like a lot of people watch those shows so (laughs) they've they really do have cult like luke cage i know had like a cult following but punisher apparently was very good and daredevil was the best one everyone loved daredevil um and like they've recasted characters like there's characters in iron fist who they've recast i think in shang chi or shang chi Mm -hmm. like different Costume, like no connection, so they kind of aborted it. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if they pick and choose and are like, yeah, that was mainline, this wasn't. If they'd ever even reference it and look, like, let's just like, look, like you're getting the characters, you kind of get it. We're moving on. Yeah. Or if it's multiverse. um It'll be interesting. Episode six, Ty. Which, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I mean, because you gotta, you think about it in a filmmaking perspective, which is how I always try to think about these things when I'm predicting, is like, they're still telling the story of Kate Bishop and everything going on with the fiance and Hawkeye's, you know, accepting black widow's death and being a better dad, all that stuff. Like they're still telling that story and it might feel a little overshadowing for Kingpin to just show up in like episode four. Mm-hmm. And it feels more like a episode six tease for future for series Echo. for yeah. Yeah. All that kind of stuff, which would be after Spider-Man and which could, you know, get the, the juices going with what's going on. 100%. Um, And, and, and like they, they, they very obviously were like, this is Kingpin without ever showing him or anything. So it'll still be an incredible reveal when you get the face reveal and see if it's the same actor or not. Yeah. Um, It's, you know, they teased him early on by kind of showing him, but not really showing him. And it'll still be a fun episode six moment of, you know, post-credit scene, final scenes, Mm -hmm. um, setting up future stuff. It'll be good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was just, there was a lot of teases though. they kept talking about the uncle. We saw the hand, the, uh, I, the auto repair shop was called, like, Fat Man. Or Big Boy or some shit. Yeah. Auto repair. Um, So that's obviously, you know. We even, oh, this this article, Den of Geeks says, we even hear the mysterious man chuckle, and he sounds an awful like Vincent to Norfio. Basically, this looks like it's happening. Fuck yeah. So. Uh, I love that. And then again, we get references to Stark Tower being sold. King did Ken. we? I didn't hear Earlier that. in episode two, I think, they referenced it. And they're like, oh, are we going to yeah, Avengers no, Tower? Yeah, we, we talked about that last week. Okay, yeah. There was more or no? No. Oh, but Fist Tower. <laughs> Fist Tower. We're going to get Kingpin buying that tower. You think so? I don't know because they look very different. Like, the comic book Fist Tower is just a rectangle. It's very intimidating. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I like the one guy who does sign language with Echo. His name was, they called him Kazi, mm-hmm. but his full name was, uh, I got it right here Kazi Mirs, Kazi Mirs Zack. Kazi Mirs, Kazi Mirs Zack. Oh, he's got the repeating? Yeah. Wasn't that one of the USC fighters that I said to bet on? In one of the undercard fights in our sports pod. Oh my god! Oh yes, yes. I don't remember <laughs> his name. I don't remember his name, but it was electric. I love repeating first and last names. It was uh Askar Askarov. I think like something fuck, like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Askar Askarov. How the fuck did That's I remember incredible. that? What a pull. <laughs> he lost too. It's not like he's a good yeah, fighter. I don't. I think he won one random UFC bet. It's tough. It's hard in these streets. <laughs> Um, but that's pretty much it from, you know, Hawkeye, um, obviously setting up still what the fiance, what he's doing with all this, you know, obviously he's up to no good. Um, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what they do with echo and kind of completing Hawkeye's story arc in only three more episodes. And then also establishing Kate Bishop as the next Hawkeye, or maybe, I don't know, do you think she's the next Hawkeye by the end of this? Or do you think it's like, they're still going to set her up and he's going to have like one more movie? Uh, he may be a background character and they'll leave the door open, but I think it's going to be, I'm going to go spend time with my family. I'm done with this. Yeah. You're Hawkeye now. And then what about like Florence Pugh? Great question. So, like there's only three more episodes, you know? So I don't know. If she shows up I, at this point, they haven't teased it. They haven't done anything. Maybe that's a post credit thing and they s- tease Hawkeye season two with it or something. It Well, it could just continue to tease the the whole dark avengers theory which we haven't really touched on because we've been talking so much about spider-man and eternals yep. and everything but the whole you know you have the uh, the bad captain america and you have in theory the bad black widow which is florence Pugh. which i don't think she's bad she's just being manipulated 100%. um you know and she hulk they could do something like that so wong he seems to be up to no good if you ask me got something going on um you know he was fucking training abomination that's a bad guy So, and then, you know, so that, that we have that whole storyline as well, potentially of, you know, the bad Avengers and maybe they just tease it in this, you know? Yeah. And where the, because bringing that up, they're not done with Jeremy Renner. Apparently it doesn't seem like Florence Pugh is going to show up in this at any time. Yeah. And if she does, it's not going to be a four story arc. Yeah. Because you figure the story arc with Echo is going to continue into episode four. Yeah. which leaves two episodes if they want to do a secondary story arc, which is weird. Yeah. Um. So I guess Jeremy Renner's not going to fully retire. That's what I'm saying is, are, yeah. do we know if Kate Bishop's going to be Hawkeye by the end of this, or is it going to be kind of like, she's Kate Bishop and that's Hawkeye, and they kind of work together, and then eventually they'll, you know, maybe Jeremy Renner dies. I don't know. That would suck. But then why would they tease <laughs> Florence Pugh going after Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye? Because she's going to kill him. Oh, shit. Not in the series, though. In the future. In mm-hmm. the future. Yes. That seems kind of fucked up. She's not a bad person. (laughs) He killed her sister, bro. Her sister killed herself. He tried to save her sister. She don't know that. Um, But I don't know. She very well could show up because part of the kind of story arc for Jeremy Renner is the whole Black Widow kind of still accepting that kind of deal, you know. And even in here, he said Ronan died because Black Widow killed him. Yeah. Kind of like I'm a changed man after she made that sacrifice for me. Yeah. Um, A little emotional. Another theory I have. It's not really a theory. But it's a little bit of a theory. A little speculation. The musical is gonna come back into the story. They keep teasing it a lot. Yes. It's gonna come back into the story somehow. they their billboards, every chance they get they show it off when it if it was just for that opening thing, like yeah. it would have been done and over with. They wouldn't keep showing billboards and shit. It's like they're trying to remind the audience like it's a thing. Like, don't so. forget about the musical. I don't are they smuggling the weapons? Is like I don't know. And it, it could just come back in episode five and be non-consequential and like they have a fight scene through the musical or some shit that would actually be kind of cool. hear me out okay musical final scene hawkeye's back at the musical he's accepted everything that's happened he come to peace with it he's on stage he, he can watch the musical and he can be fine camera pans out in like one of those rich people top seats florence pew kingpin oh he's rich he'd be up top like the lincoln where lincoln got murdered those kind of seats <laughs> okay he's just up there and that's our tease. Okay. And we see Vincent D'Onofrio sitting there just staring at him. Like he's got he's got a, a vendetta for Hawkeye. Okay. My prediction was like maybe they're in a fight scene, chasing, scene, and they like go through the back somehow, and then they're like they have a fight scene on the musical stage and people are kind of, you know, it's one of those like people are dancing, but then Hawkeye and someone else like gets in there and they're fighting, but like no one really notices because all the chaos. And it's like the Hawkeye guy, actor's pissed off. He thinks he's been replaced. <laughs> I can see it. I don't know, but they do keep bringing it up. That's why I think it's going to come back in some way, shape, or form, even if it's inconsequential. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that. Okay, glad I'm not alone there. Um, my only other takeaway is where the fuck were all these cool arrows the rest of the entire MCU? He worked on them since the blip. He wasn't doing any arrows during the blip. He was murdering people. Well, He did on the side. It was his hobby. He had so many cool arrows. <laughs> and it's like we've only ever seen him use explosive arrows. I think the USB one. He's used the USB one before. Yeah. Which, I'm not a tech guy. How strong are USB? You're breaking the USB port if you're shooting yeah. an arrow into it. Yeah, Ty. But that's the, the science of Hawkeyes. He knows exactly what speed to shoot it at. Does he? And he built like an automatic sensor in the arrow and it, so it automatically slows down. Okay. That's fancy. How that happens, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> no, it has a parachute. No, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know where these arrows have been either, Ty. But it's it's cool. There's some cool arrow. Yeah, like a Spider-Man arrow, just like flung. Yeah. Things. Yeah, I liked that. Do that yeah. more. Could he use that to the, like all the fucking Ultron people? Maybe that's when he started making them. It was like, I just got a bow and arrow. I better step my fucking game up. <laughs> I'm getting an MCU series soon. I gotta fucking add to my repertoire. uh It was no, it was fun though. um I'm ready for next week to see what happens if. If Hawkeye ever, like maybe he's not Hawkeye anymore. Or maybe he takes on the Ronin persona, but he's like a good Ronin because he's got Ooh. the suit back. He's getting the sword back probably next episode. Yeah. No fucking chance. The creepy fiance outduels Hawkeye. Yeah. He's going to make him a bitch. I don't know. Uh, he's getting the sword back. Okay. What's up with the watch? What watch? The watch that they were all after. The reason they broke into the auction. Um, Do you not remember that? No, I don't. The first episode, the reason, like, the auction got, like, exploded and shit, they're trying to steal a watch, and they got the watch. Was that the watch of Echo's dad when he died? I don't know, but then, like, even in the car ride, they brought up, like, it was like a subtle reference foreshadowing type thing where it was like, well, I wonder what they were after at that auction. And we saw them say they were after the watch. I don't know what's
0: up with that watch.
2: I don't either. Miss Minutes? I'm just going to connect everything back to Kingpin. It's Kingpin's watch. (laughs) (laughs) It's not Miss Minutes and Loki and the Time Variance Association? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think Miss Minutes fucks around with real watches. (laughs) You got anything else on Hawkeye? I don't. Episode three. I'm ready for episode four. We're already halfway through the series. Yeah, which I'm not sad about. But it's kind of crazy. You're ready for Hawkeye episode four. I'm ready to get into Encanto. Let's do it. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. Let's get back to the pod. A young Colombian girl has to face the frustrations of being the only member of her family without magical powers. Wow, that's a short synopsis. Did you, like, feel any relation to the character watching this? Why? Just, you know, not being special. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that was mean. Really I don't hear cool, why Jay. I said that. That's really that's uncalled for. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I was I didn't that. I didn't at the time of watching it but now I'm thinking about it <laughs> no I I, uh, I th- I've been planning that because Riley cried this is the I'm just gonna start with this story Um, Riley cried so much in this film Ty um, and I had to ask her after the fact I was like like serious like we were eating dinner and like I like my serious concerning tone I was like honey like I'm laughing about it now because I knew her answer but I was like like do you feel like you're less than like your family or like the people around? Like you know what I mean? Like I was trying to be like serious because she was crying <laughs> so much. I was like, "She's." Re- I was like, "Are you relating to this?" And she's like, "Oh, not at all. I'm special." And I'm just like, "What the?" <laughs> <f-?"> <laughs> like, w- she cried so much. So it started with the raccoon short in the beginning. I'm. I'm. Did you see that? Were you on time to see that? Uh, yes, Jay. I was. Just asking. I thought Pixar did the shorts before. Um, I don't know if they both do, but Disney always has. Okay. Cause I um, thought that was like a Pixar thing, and I was a little confused when it happened. Disney always does it. Um, I liked it. She's it she a saw decent, little short. I didn't think it was that sad. They've definitely made sadder ones, and she cried. What's the saddest one? The saddest one. We just watched rewatched the dog one. That one's pretty sad. Okay. Um. There's also the one with like the, the lost and found. I remember that one being sad, but I think that one's Pixar. It's oh, I don't know the name of it. Lou, L O U, Pixar. It was like one? the sweater or whatever. No, 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 not that one. The one with the the mom who makes the little it's the Asian family, she the makes dumplings? The little dumplings. That one's sad. That's the sad one. Was before That's my answer. Incredibles 2, I believe. That one fucking sucks. That one's sad, but I remember Miko like in the middle of the theater cuz we saw it. I don't know. I think you guys were there. It was Incredibles 2 and Miko was just like so she's eating them or she said something. <laughs> like he just like he just completely it out. ruins the metaphor. <laughs> Um, that one was pretty sad. But she was already crying on that. It set her up to fail. Then we got into Encanto, and I counted uh, six cries. Six? cries. And, um, you know, spoiler, obviously the whole podcast is a spoiler. But at the very end, when they make her her own doorknob, you know, and it's like, you're oh, yeah. special now, I started feeling a little sad, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And nothing makes it better to not cry than watching a movie with Riley because <laughs> – she cries and i laugh you're like you're right on the edge and you look over and it's just fucking waterfalls well, so she was already crying right and they handed the doorknob <laughs> And she, like, made an audible, like, cry noise. Like, like an audible, like a cry snort. <laughs> like, I just – they handed her the doorknob. I just hear, like <laughs> – like, just, like, some sort of – I can't even replicate it, dude. And I fucking lost it. I was, I was crying of laughter. And, like, the people <laughs> in front of – or behind us probably thought we were both sobbing because she was sobbing and I was fucking laughing so hard. That's fantastic. Um, she cried a lot. She was sitting there after the movie, like, just crying. I don't know. This movie got her for whatever reason. Um, I so while Riley was tearing up and Mm -hmm. crying, my I'm giving this movie one extra point in the end. (gasps) Victoria stayed awake. Wow, she watched the whole fucking thing. Did she cry? I don't. I don't think so. It is only an hour thirty nine. Pretty short. Real short. Kind of feels that way. (laughs) Um, I'll be honest, but it doesn't matter. She falls asleep. The fact that it kept her awake, remarkable. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that is. Did you cry? I did not. Okay. Um, it was it was sad. It was good, good message, good moments. Um, it was sad when they were talking about like at the like, kind of the, I guess sort of the climax ish point of the movie where they're like she's talking to the grandma and breaking down like all the sacrifices and everything and and how the grandpa gave his life and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so they could live a better life. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people can actually relate to that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um. No, that was kind of sad, but no, I, I held it together for the most part. Good for you, Ty. Thank you. Good for you. I was proud of it. What'd you give? Plot slash story? Because I feel like I might have given it too high. Plot slash story. I'm rocking a 16. Then I'm staying put. I'm 17. Okay. Um, I liked the story. My my one complaint that kind of holds it back is the climax is not very climactic. Okay.
1: Do you it's, think the guy
2: from uh, ComingSoon.net would agree? <laughs> I think he loves a good climax. <laughs> Go watch our listener our law abiding citizen podcast for that. <laughs> um, it, you know the house crumbles and breaks down and then they rebuild it, but like there's never an antagonist really. Like if you like look at the stuff, the grandma's the antagonist. Yeah, and it's like okay, but like there there isn't like a moment where it's like you know, and now we're at the end and that's the big point of the movie. Um, and it just kind of wraps up and then it, it it ends quickly after they build the house and she gets the door and it's just over. Yeah um which is why i was saying it does feel short because it's just like and we're done yeah that's fair um and maybe that was a a byproduct of covid i don't know um it's very possible but i kind of liked it like that i don't know i mean we talk about law-abiding citizen we just talked about it earlier went up on wednesday go check it out that's another plug um and we (laughs) talked about it not trying to do too much and knowing what it is and i feel like this movie and Maybe I should give it less points for the simplicity of it. I don't know. I feel like it I had a message to tell, but you know, like Luca kinda of did the same thing and I feel like I might have given it less. I don't know. I just I, I really liked the whole underlying message in the story of the whole time it's this girl kinda of battling her herself and her own expectations and her family expectations and not feeling good enough and blah blah blah. And just kinda of like that full circle moment. Like her family finally realizing like she is worthwhile and like all the like little things where it's like, you know, her grandma said she was breaking the family up, you know, and it was because she was like, you know, telling the strong girl it was okay to cry or telling the beautiful, you know, the perfect girl that it was okay to be imperfect and like kind of like showing all of them that it was okay to be flawed and everything. And that was breaking up this image of this perfect household and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. I really, really liked, I I guess, the, the message of the movie. Um that when I have my future child in 20 years, right before I show them Law Abiding Citizen, mm-hmm. I'll show them this film. Like, good morals. Now watch this man murder people because the justice system fucked him over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Luca, I gave a 15. I gave this a 16. I agree. I think the messaging throughout is really good. In um, the way they do it, it's kind of like, you know, this message, this message, this message. Yeah. Um, you get the, the, oh, what's the uncle we don't talk about? Bruno. Bruno. Yeah. Um, you know, that message where like, he felt like he was hurting the family. So he left, but he still loves the family and he was still there <laughs> peeping through the fucking walls. Yeah. That was one of the cries was when they showed him that he had his plate, like, and he would sit there and eat dinner <laughs> with them. That was a cry <laughs> moment for Riley. <laughs> Um, I I liked that part of it, and that's why. Well, I I agree it's simple, and the climax isn't that good. Sixteen's still a pretty good score. Yeah, and I think if it wasn't for that deeper message, which Disney's the best at, Disney's the yeah. best at you know, sending messages and making stories that are both enjoyable for adults and kids, but having a bigger meaning to it that you know can lend itself well for the younger generation of people watching it. But also not being like so down your throat, because I don't know if you Absolutely. present it in a way where it's like that, like kids might not realize. But if you just kind of like. If you tell it like this, where you're not like outwardly saying it, and then there might there is going to be kids watching this that like I don't feel like I'm special enough, you know what I mean? And like, yeah, they'll unrealizing they they won't realize that they're kind of relating to it, you know. And so th- I don't know, like you said, they're the best at it. Yeah, and it's subtle enough, but still very present that it just works. Um, and going back to the messaging and the story and stuff, I don't know if you caught this. This is Victoria made sure I gave uh, reference to her mom for this okay. one. The only person in the what family. What is her mother's name? Um, Patty. Okay. I just wanted you to say it. She's a wonderful woman. Yeah. I just wanted you to give her <laughs> proper credit. You're, you're right. I have a <laughs> great mother-in-law. She's fantastic. Um, the only, like, the quote-unquote perfect one in it has straight hair. Everybody else has natural curly, like, that mm-hmm. kind of culture's hair. The only one with straight hair is, the like, the perfect one. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that was something to do with it. I'm sure it was. Yeah, that was uh, Kind of played in the character design and stuff, yeah. which I noticed that. And it's just, that, like, that kind of stuff. That all went throughout it. I like that the super strong one was a girl. Typically, movies always are just like, yeah, it's the brother. He's the super strong one. Yeah. I like that they kind of mixed it up in his three sisters. Yeah. With all sure. different struggles and stuff. For sure. Um, I was just thinking about, like, the Disney movies and whatnot and kind of, like, the messaging they send. And um, I'm trying to look at the filmography. These are franchises. I don't want franchise. And it's just, like, I think of some of the older Disney movies, though, and it's like, what kind of messages were they sending? Like, I feel like this is kind of a more modern thing because you think of, like, I don't know, Beauty and the Beast, I guess. There is messages, you know, it's to love the person inside, not the person outside. But at the same time, there's a little bit of, like, kidnapping and everything. (laughs) And then you have Aladdin where it's like, don't love someone for money or whatever, you know, like, just because they're not the same. And Little Mermaid, you know, I don't really know what the message is there except who you are. I don't know. Be yourself, even if you're a fish. Those are all in, like, kind of the princess mold, and they've kind of turned away from that. I don't know what the meaning of Zootopia is. Um, I can't tell you that off. I guess believe in yourself. Yeah, Um, 100%. Moana like I don't know they've just I feel like they've frozen maybe not so much I don't know they've got they've done a a, a good job with these messaging and kind of taking record it, Ralph it's a just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you're a bad guy law-abiding citizen that's <laughs> <laughs> <to> our <laughs> butler um, no but like they've done a good job in this and I'm sure that's John Lasseter coming over and becoming the you know chief creative whatever whatever he is I don't know if he is anymore because I know he had some of those uh allegations um, but you know, take oh, what kind of allegations. Um, I don't know about this. I think like workplace harassment. I oh, don't allegedly, okay. I don't know. Um, I, I just, don't know why I just jumped to worst case scenario. Epstein Island of what? Oh, Epstein's. I just, I just immediately like rich dude allegations always go to level 10. Um, the, f- November 2017, he took a six-month sabbatical from Pixar and Disney Animation after acknowledging what he called missteps in his behavior with employees. According to various news outlets, Laster had a history of alleged sexual misconduct towards employees. In Mm. June 2018, Disney announced that he would be leaving the company at the end of the year when his contract expires, but took on a consulting role until then. On January 9, 2019, he was hired to run Skydance Animation. Okay. Not good. Don't do that kind of stuff. Man knows how to make a good movie for children, though. D- not good don't do that kind of stuff I didn't say anything. but he makes good movies <laughs> yeah so um no and and my takeaway from this is like it, obviously the messaging and stuff's you go through Disney animation and I it's there but it's not as present mm-hmm. Pixar every movie is a message well, that's what I, that was my final point was I think that was some of that John Lasseter touch that he brought over when he became the head of you know animation over at you know, Disney after being the head of animation at Pixar. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think that Walt Disney, the animation studio, non Pixar has kind of been really good about getting to that point of Pixar mm-hmm. to where like at this point, it's not like, Oh, it's a Walt Disney one. It's going to suck. Yeah. Like they're making equally fantastic films. Um, no. You go through since 2009 princess and the frog tangled uh, Winnie the Pooh. Was that the live action one? No. There was like a 2D Winnie the Pooh movie. I never watched that. wreck Ralph, very good. Frozen, not a huge fan of it, but goddamn did it sell. Yeah, top 10 all time, I believe. Um, Big Hero 6, great movie. Zootopia, good movie. Moana, banger. <laughs> uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet and Frozen 2. They went back-to-back sequels there, and I think those are the weakest of the bunch. Yeah. Um, and then Ray and the Last Dragon, which I loved. Yeah, you did. Um, They've done a really good job of creating really, then really. Encanto. Yes, and now Encanto. So. Oh, they've done a good job of making really, really good animated movies, and now they're kind of heading that direction of Pixar, where I think they're adding the messaging to it and everything, and um, they're, they're coming around. I love how you're saying they're coming around when, like, <laughs> Disney created like animation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I agree with you, but no, but it's just the, funny. They hit like how that. How they fell behind of something they created. Yeah, but because like, after that golden age of the early '90s, which was the Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, that like, Lion, Lion King, King, those like Pokemon rattled Um, After that, it was just like the cauldron or whatever. I mean, yeah. They had a movie called Dinosaur. Uh Made Stitch. Great movie. Brother Bear. Good movie. Bust a Moo. Oh, that's home on the range. Their their tagline was Bust a Moo. (laughs) Chicken Little, which is like a fun, but it's whatever. They had Bolt, which is, yeah, it's okay. Those aren't up to Pixar standards. Now you can't really honestly tell them apart. Yeah. That that was the point. I mean, didn't you think this was a Pixar movie? Weren't we talking about that? Well, I'm just, like, they're just fully committing. Like, I didn't know if it was or not. I couldn't, like, it was a great movie. They had a short before it. That's what it was, yeah. They just, they've accepted the formula. Yeah, for sure. Visuals slash cinematography tie. I gave it a 19. You also gave it a 19. And the reason you gave it a 19 out of 20 is because there wasn't a Toy Story 4 scene. Give it 18. Oh, it's okay. It was really good. <laughs> I think it looked really good. Um, I, I don't know. Part of it looked really good, but for me, like, this is where Pixar's still better. Okay. It's just, it's, it's there's better, you can do more. The colors were good and the animation looked good, but goddammit, I think of Soul and how it felt like I was in a real fucking yeah. city. Yeah. And I think of The Good Dinosaur even. That's such an old one, but that looks so real and incredible. And uh, Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4's rain scene. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so good, and the I will say the water in this looked really good when they go to the river and she's talking with the grandma on like that river looked very very good and realistic. Yeah, but I need that r- water to be falling from the sky into more water like in Toy Story Four. That's the greatest animated scene of all time. Um, yeah, I mean that or I really like the Soul ones, um, but either way, I don't think you can have a wrong answer there. I just think it was a, a, a the movie itself. It was more cartoony. Didn't need to you know have to it, flex the muscles like the Soul or the. You know, Toy Story 4 didn't have to, but they did for that scene. Because the whole movie, the rest of the movie, like, it still looks really, really good. But they really flexed on that scene. They spent they spent a significant amount of time on that. Yeah. And it's and the beginning of the movie, It too. pays off. <laughs> it's so good. And, and I agree. It's more animated, so it doesn't need that. But I also think that's a creative choice where when you do try and make it more realistic, it takes more work. Yeah. It, it's more work. And I think they make that choice in this. Because of COVID, because it's going to be harder to get those top-notch realistic animations. With that being said, it still looks incredible. is a great score. Yeah, I bumped mine back down to 18. I'm going to be honest with you. I brought up Soul, and you're like, fuck, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, you did. And I was just, yeah, you did. That's all <laughs> there is to it. Still looks really, really good, though. A lot of good colors. I like the different rooms and stuff um, for, like, all the family members and whatnot. Mm-hmm. The little boy who can talk to animals and that kind of stuff. Yeah. L- little Zootopia vibes mm-hmm. in there yeah for sure um, miko's favorite disney movie watches it like once a week darlene told me seriously i don't know if it's really once a week or if she was exaggerating but yeah it's a great movie <laughs> yeah. i like it shakira makes some banger music in it <laughs> speaking of which key elements jay yeah music so this could have went into visual slash cinematography as well i just put it key elements i guess it's kind of a little bit of it's, both it's a musical you get Lynn manuel and you've accepted it's musical look i gave it a 19 i gave it a 19 because i really like the music I laughed at it, you know, in the Disney way, not the cringy kids' movie way where they threw a bunch of darts. Like, it was legitimately funny when it tried to be. um, It was emotional, had a great message. Didn't cry, mostly because Riley was crying so much, but had a great message. And I really liked the music. Riley said she didn't like the music. And then we were going through the song. She's like, I like this song. I like this song. And I think she liked every single song, but then said she didn't like the music. So I'm like, you're fronting, girl. I don't know what you're saying. 100%. I'm just going to accept that I'm going to like anything Lynn does. And it's because I'm a Lynn fan and I'm biased in that. And that's fine. There was very, like, there's Lynn style, and there was a few. There was this few songs where it sounds exactly like Hamilton yeah, songs. Yeah. Like the exact same tempo and, like, the way they're singing stuff. And Yeah.
1: Like,
2: now, <sighs> there was a music part that low-key gave me a little bit of chill. Not chills. That's that's over-exaggerating. But I was like, when it happened, I was like, ooh, like I was at a rap battle. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was the Bruno song. It was the Bruno song. When the deaf girl starts singing and she's like singing in her whispering voice and she says something and it just like flows and then she's like something about sand and then she's like ch or whatever. Like, I don't know, that whole thing like flowed and I was like, Oh it's good. That was that was the line of the fucking movie right there. I was just, good oh. stuff. It's good stuff. But there's so many it's just Hamilton comparisons throughout. Yeah. For sure. And like even there's the the ending scene where they're like building everything together and the perfect sister's supposed to marry the guy and then they introduce the deaf cousin to him. Yeah. And, like, the deaf cousin kind of looks like the Angelica person from mm-hmm. Hamilton. And then that song, the way she interrupts and yeah. starts singing, exactly like, exactly like they would for that character yeah. in Hamilton. And I was like, this is very on the point. You're lucky I like it, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, which that character, I, I, no, I'll save it for characters. Uh, what'd you give it, though? You never gave it. A oh, stroke. 18. Okay. That's yeah, up there. I really like it. There weren't any necessarily, like, fully stuck in my head. But without having, like, one standout, they were all consistent. You don't talk good. about Bruno. That whole song.
0: It that was, might it be was on very my,
2: good. Talk about Trendy. That might be on my Spotify wrapped next year or unwrapped, whatever the hell it's called. Okay. Um, <laughs> my top plate song of the year I listened to five times. That shows how much I listen to Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> so you listen to it three times this week, and it's going to make your end of the year thing. <laughs> Pretty much. You just fucking lock. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I gave it an 18. I-, I think all the music and everything, while there wasn't like a super standout, it was all consistently really, really good, and I, I enjoyed every song. I think you need to go back and listen to that sand part. Okay. That stood out. <laughs> um, the-, the It was funny. Like it-, it got me laughing throughout. The emotional stuff, like I said, I didn't cry. It didn't hit me as hard as I think it could have. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe one point for that, one point for not having like a standout banger of a song that stuck with me, land on an 18. Well, I'm glad it wasn't too emotional for you cuz that would have meant that you indeed were uh not feeling special tie. Yeah, no, I just couldn't relate I'm, to this. I'm glad you didn't relate. I, c- I just couldn't do it. I tried so hard and I'm like, I don't know who to relate to. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, there w- <sighs> <Never mind>. um <laughs> characters tie. Uh I gave this a 16 and oh. a Oh. M- I <sighs> I gave it a 14. Okay. Um Look, I talked to Riley about this, and it's not necessarily that anyone was bad. I mean, 14, I, even though our skills out of 20, I always think about it out of 10 just because my brain's stupid. I'm like, oh, 7 out of 10. Like, that's that's a good score, you know. But when you think of 14 out of 20, it just feels like not as good. Um, I do think there's some limitations with animated characters, no matter what you do. Absolutely. Obviously, just because there's no acting component. Yeah, there's voice acting, and that's difficult. Um, but you think about, like, Mitchell's vs the Machines, which is my favorite animated movie of the year still. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time animated, I would say I really like that movie. I gave that a 17 for characters now is because you know the way they wrote the character arcs and the humor and everything. Um, I just you know it w- it was fine. like yeah, there was the character arcs and everything, but I don't know, I didn't really love any of the side characters. They were good. They were all just good, serviceable characters. They balanced each other well. 14 out of 20. So I think the reason I went to 16 is because, like, you're not going to get those emotional, over-the-top acting scenes you get in live action. Exactly. So it's tough. So I kind of took that into account. It's a very large ensemble animated cast. Yeah, There's a whole lot going on and everything. And I think the first half of the movie does a good job of introducing all the characters, giving us a feel for all of them and all their struggles. And then the second half of the movie goes through a character arc for, like, a lot of them yeah you get the bruno character where you introduce to him and you get the character arc and you know he did this for the family and you're introduced to like the thought of him and he's a bad guy and he did bad shit or whatever and like not really you know he did this because yeah. he loves his family you get the perfect sister who you know finds out she's a is doesn't have to be perfect can be the way she wants you get the super strong sister who you know, you can ask for help um you get the arc of the grandma who's trying to make everything perfect and kind of losing sight of everything and her trying to do so much is actually hurting the family rather than keeping them together. Um, so Some I, of them didn't, though. Like, the shapeshifter guy didn't really. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, and the, and I think that's... The weather, yeah, but... You get the main three sisters and the grandma who are the main characters. Yeah, for sure. And I think all of them do. And I think if you start doing it with all of them, it gets repetitive and it's a, it's a large cast, so you get the main people. And I think they did a really... Not a really good, but a good enough job with all of them to where every... Aspect of those main four are addressed and touched on, um, and then the main girl not being special, but then kind of being special. But she gets a magical door, but we, she doesn't get powers. Yeah, I kind of would have wished they didn't get their powers back. They're just stuck being normal. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like like oh, it's all cool. They love each other now and everything. But like in a year, is that going to be true? Or are they going to be back to their old ways?
0: Yeah, I don't. I need a I need a disagree. year later
2: update. Okay, where are we now? <laughs> yeah <laughs> was that like VH1? <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, I just thought of something right now that kind of annoys me and I kind of maybe want to take plot down. It doesn't I'm not gonna take anything down but like the the, the deaf sister or cousin character, she's kind of like overpowered because she hears everything, literally everything. I do agree I do appreciate the fact that she was like, yeah, I know Bruno never left. but I don't appreciate that because when she heard what's her uh, when she heard um, the main character, goddamn. I'm stupid. Oh, the main and inca- cantho character? Yeah. Ma- Maribel? Yeah, when she heard Maribel talking to her dad about the vision and she couldn't keep the secret at the dinner table, it was like, oh my god, this is a huge secret. How the hell did she keep the secret of Bruno being in the walls for all that time and not telling anyone? And the whole thing was like, oh, she's going to tell. You know, she can't keep a secret. And she knew the biggest secret of them all for that's, years. That's true. And then she's real casual like, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. I, I call bullshit. I don't disagree with that. I call bullshit. She's either lying or I call bullshit. You're dating someone who can't keep a secret and... And you know it's consistent. She oh, can yeah. never keep a secret. No, she cannot. There is no pick and choose. Yeah, that's why she could never have an affair on me. That's a- true. Affair You're, on me? with, Not with me. Against me? I don't know. she never cheat on me. There you go. <laughs> true. you find out right away. Yeah, she'd break down. Um, so that's in my favor. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just... It, it is what it is, though. I don't disagree. I, I, I think I, that... It took me a day to think about it, so I guess I don't have to harp on it too much. Yeah. Um, But... It, I enjoyed that scene of it like bouncing across the entire table and the entire family. Yeah. That was a fun scene and like all the chaos happening throughout it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know, it, was a, it was a fun movie. I liked all the characters in it. I liked the different powers. I liked how they're all portrayed and everything. I liked the Bruno character a lot. Well, how much did you like the movie, Ty? I liked the movie. On a scale from 1 to 20, how much did you like this movie? Gave it a 17. I also gave it a 17. Not one of my all all time favorites, but it's up there. It's a fantastic Disney movie. Yeah, it's just it's hard for them to make a movie I don't like nowadays. I, and mean, I've accepted it too. Like Luca was honestly like kind of the worst one recently. Yeah. And like I gave that a sixteen and honestly I feel like after sitting on it it would be even lower. Yeah, I gave it a fifteen. I, I just feel like I like this movie a lot more than that movie. Um, but like this one I, I had a blast with it. I thought it was really enjoyable. Music's good throughout. Gave you laughs, had a good message. It was the whole package. Pretty good visuals. Yep. For being animated. I, I there was a lot that I liked about it. Yeah. It's just it's enjoyable. Like I said, it's really hard for me to not like a movie that they're gonna put out nowadays. And I'm I'm looking ahead at like the next Pixar movie turning red, like you know, that has like the subtle period uh kind of undertones. Did you get the trailer for that before in Kanto? Yep. Um it looks fucking pretty funny. And like it that's does. probably gonna be good. And I don't know, man. They, they just make good shit. That's why they're the empire that they are, as much as some people like to hate on Disney just because people are weird about Disney. Um, now, I, w- I was going to ask you something, but I forgot. Okay. Oh, I remember now. Okay. Does Lynn get his EGOT for this? So. I think so. Best original song, though. You said there wasn't a song that stands out. And and I it depends on which one they go with, but. You don't mess with Bruno. Talk about Bruno. I, maybe. Maybe. But I could be wrong here. Um, click click bang, click click boom. Click click boom. He directed. He directed. Did he do any of the music for that? I don't know. I don't. I think I talk. I talked to Riley about this. I don't think. I don't know. I could be wrong. He's not going to get best director. Um, no. But if he did any of the music for that, that feels like I'm hearing really good stuff about that movie. For it's fantastic. Oh no. The, the sorry. The conversation we had was did it come out in theaters because you have to come out in a certain amount of theaters and it did. So I'm sure he did do the music as well. Okay. What? What's Ty, what's so funny? (laughs) I looked up Click Click Boom movie and it gave me the Fast and the Furious because I think there's like a Click Click Boom like action sequence and like click boom. Yes. Maybe that song? Yes. (laughs) And rather than showing me the movie Click Click Boom, they're like, they want fast and the furious. That's what they're fucking talking about. You know how many dads have probably Googled click click boom movie? hundred percent. It's just so fantastic that it's there. Is it not click click boom? I'm losing my fucking mind here. I can't find this movie. Tick tick boom. Tick. Tick tick boom. That explains it. Um, that's the other movie that I know like Lynn's attached to and I I'm hearing good things about it. So <laughs> He didn't do the music, Jonathan Larson did. <laughs> Ooh, what that would be a real bummer to lose your egot to a movie you directed. <laughs> does he still get credit though i don't know how like what it counts as oh like if his movie he directed gets an egot yeah like if yeah i don't know i don't know he made moana which had two bangers of a songs and didn't get the egot yeah didn't win best original song that year la la land yeah fantastic fucking movie love that movie so much (laughs) um so he's he's due he's real due trying to think of recent movies that have come out like is there any like songs that stand out he did into the heights as well, which I don't know if they did any original in stuff heights, for that. Yeah. He might just dominate the category. That was his plan. This yeah, year. he's just like I'm going to sweep so no one else is nominated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dear Evan Hansen. I don't know if that counts. Well, no, they wrote new songs. So. They did, so there probably will be a nomination. It's a very thin category for what gets nominated. There might have been a song in Jungle Cruise? I don't think so. Cruella? I would remember Dwayne I would remember Dwayne Johnson singing. Did you see he's going to be in the uh, – there's a Superdog movie coming out, and he's voices Superdog? Yeah. It actually looks kind of funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm with it. I don't mind it. <laughs> I got that preview during Encanto. Um, yeah, I think he could finally get his ego. and good for him. I'm a fan of Lynn. Ty, final score, 85 out of 100. My final score is also 85 out of 100. Really? Plus one point because Victoria stayed awake, 86 out of 100. I thought it would be lower based on our categories. Okay, fair enough. It's, it's it's an 85. I don't know what to tell you. I thought you said 86. 86. I don't know what to tell you. Plus one 87 or 85 plus one 86? 85 plus one. Got it. Okay. 86. You gave it an 85. Final score. I did that wrong. 85 and think. a half. Ooh. 85 and a half. Putting it tied or all alone. I don't know yet. Tied with soul. Half a point behind Raya and the last dragon. Half a point behind onward. They're fucking consistent, man. Yeah. They are. They really are. That's wild that they just just like that. They just bang out mid-80s movies, which is above the line according to our scale of 80+. plus. Now, sitting here looking at these four movies, do you agree with our scale? Well, I'm just going to look at my score. Okay. Because I liked Soul the most, which I gave higher than Raya. Okay. Yeah, I would go... Yeah, I would go Soul and Kanto, Soul and Kanto and Onward in the same, you know, realm, and then Rhea last. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with my scores. Now, our rating, no, because you gave Ray an 88, but that's okay. See, looking back, is still my favorite, so I like that. Onward's right up there with it, and Kanto, and then Sol. I think Sol's probably my least favorite out of the four. I loved it. talked about death. I Again, and I'm literally splitting hairs here. It's four points for four movies. And then Mitchell's versus the Machine, sweeping them all up at 87 great movie (laughs) i don't know what to tell you (laughs) disney's busy chugging out consistently good stuff i don't remember who made mitchell's and and the machines sony but they got more time they aren't having to do the disney schedule pump out an animated flick that's good all the time disney or sony can make some fillers and then make their good one yeah sony 98% 98% Rotten Tomatoes, Mitchells vs. the Machines has, Ty. Such a good movie. Such a fucking good movie. I kind of want to rewatch that. I might do that tonight. Armin White has not reviewed Encanto. Um, he did review a fucking coward. House of Gucci, which we are not reviewing on the podcast. I have zero interest. Um, but I know that's a recent movie. And uh, Belfast, haven't heard of that. Okay. Did, did um, you do King Richard? No. Which we're reviewing next week? He has not. So hopefully he has by next week. He, uh last review is A Cop Movie. It's called A Cop Movie. Starring... What's his name? No, I'm kidding. Oh, it's Cop? A Cop Movie. I thought you said Cot Movie. Oh, um, that has a 91% with 35 reviews, and he gave it fresh. So look at him going with the, the flow. Um, yeah. Maybe about, he got called out by us and he changed his ways. He's talking about contemporary issues without resorting to reform and defund cliches. Mm, got it. Okay. Um, yeah. Hopefully he's done King Richard. I don't think I said it on this pod. We're doing King Richard next week. It came yeah. out a few weeks ago, but we have a. Uh, we kind of had yep. an open week. Yeah, I I don't know what big is coming out next week if there is any new movies, um it's King Richard or Tick Tick Boom. When we went with King Richard. Yeah, it looks really good. It looks fantastic. I love giving Will Smith some love. Are you gonna go to the theaters to see this, or are you gonna watch it on HBO Max because it's also available on HBO Max? Yeah, yeah. We talked about this time. We've had this conversation. You said fuck yeah, I don't have to go to the theaters. <laughs> I'm not going to the theaters. I mean you. Then why did you because ask me? Because I was question. setting up the audience because this conversation was had off the podcast. Mm, okay. So you knew the answer. Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah, this doesn't look like a real visual thrilling thing. This feels like an emotional thing, so I want to be at home just me and him. <laughs> <laughs> you, him, Serena, and Venus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, random Rotten Tomato movie score. I thought I've done this before. Maybe I have. I don't know. Tell me and I'll see if There's I remember. There's a lot. So I thought I was thinking of Disney movies, and I was thinking about movies where a family has powers, Ty. Incredibles. And what movie – that's too obvious. What Incredibles 2. <laughs> too <laughs> obvious i went with the best movie where a family sky has high powers. sky high fuck yeah
1: a that's a great film but
2: i feel like it's got like a 13 percent on rotten tomatoes a banger of a film as far as i'm concerned i rewatched this about i don't know it was during the pandemic and i was like still holds up pretty good yeah yeah it was like obviously like as an adult i'm not like i don't like it as much yeah. but like i was like it's a great kids movie yeah i was like this is good um 131 reviews 2005 pg sky high hour 40 minutes look I'm gonna be fucking shocked if it's in like the 70s or above um we're gonna rock 23 57 audience okay 73 tomato meter yeah 73 almost certified fresh that's so I'm sorry how does that have a higher score than law-abiding citizen (laughs) it doesn't make sense (laughs) because they don't uh you know brutally murder someone in sky high maybe they should i think more movies should brutally, brutally murder someone with a t-bone or <laughs> uh, the t-bone steak it was a porterhouse get it right then why the fuck did it have a t-bone in it do porterhouses have t-bone i don't know but that bone was a fucking t did we just come up with a plot hole for law-abiding citizen after the law-abiding citizen episode <laughs> maybe we did porterhouse oh is it's just a, a fancy t-bone i guess Gotcha. The T-bone and porterhouse steaks are steaks of beef cut from the short loin. Both steaks include a T-shaped lumbar vertebra. No, I knew I knew, Clyde? What the fuck's the character's name? Clyde. I knew Clyde would be smart enough to order a steak that came with a T-bone in it. <laughs> <laughs> he knew what he needed it for. Maybe, I'm sure, th- there's probably like signs where the porterhouse bone is actually sharper than the T-bone exactly. bone. Exactly, it's so got more, it's sturdier. Which, we don't have to talk about a lot about Citizen more. It's okay um <laughs> that's all i got for you ty go check out our law-abiding citizen episode released on wednesday if you haven't already um give us a five-star review on apple Podcasts if you could if you're on our spotify unwrapped wrapped whatever it's called let us know that'd be pretty sweet um and that's all i got for everyone when do they do that today today's the spotify thing yeah you shitting with me no that's why i was talking shitting about with it me. You no shitting that's why i brought me? it up it was relevant i'm trying to be relevant for the audience got it yeah that would be crazy we're so relevant because we reviewed a 2007 movie on Wednesday <laughs> that's a timeless it's a timeless <laughs> classic <laughs> and you know what I think Encanto will be too Jay yeah probably Encanto or Coco Coco I think I agree yeah great films though yeah in the meantime
0: be a good friend everybody